0: Hey, do you like weird movies? You do? Have you heard of Vinegar Syndrome? Find them online at www.vinegarsyndrome.com. Vinegar Syndrome is one of the leading exploitation and grindhouse preservation and distribution companies in the world. They've got a simple three-step process that I call the three R's. Recover restore, and release. Vinegar Syndrome has an amazingly large film archive consisting of thousands of 35 and 16 millimeter negatives and prints, and are actively finding films that are underappreciated, undervalued, and underseen. So many of their releases have never seen the light of day since VHS, and they're restoring them to all their glory. Some of these films do not have the right to look as good as they do, but they do. I'm looking at you, Corpse Grinders. Vinegar Syndrome has their own method of restoration where their goal is to recreate the theatrical experience as best as they can. With their own in-house lab, they scan, color grade, and restore each title personally. You'll never see any grain reduction and digital trickery on their discs. Vinegar Syndrome is a very exciting label and we're proud to have them as a sponsor. They've been with us since the beginning and we love them for it! Check out their website today and pick up your copies of Rudy Raymore's Dolomite films just in time for the new Netflix movie Dolomite Is My Name starring Eddie Murphy. Also available is Hell Comes to Frogtown starring Rowdy Rowdy Piper, James Hong's The Vineyard, Pledge Night, Lust in the Dust, starring Divine, Putney Swope, The Amityville Cursed Collection, and much, much more. Also, don't forget to pre-order your copy of Tammy and the T-Rex in glorious 4K Ultra High Definition or Blu-ray and The oh, Angel shit. Collection. Once again, be sure to visit them at www.vinegersyndrome.com and grab yourself something cool. Let them know your good friend Michael sent you.
1: Today's episode of the Shameless Picture Show is sponsored by Mill Creek Entertainment. Mill Creek is the industry leader when it comes to value-priced DVD and Blu-ray features and compilations. They have one of the largest catalogs out there, ranging from kids programming, classic films and television, independent cinema, documentary, and Latino cinema. Hell, they even produce their own content in-house. Mill Creek is a trusted partner with some of our favorite studios, including Sony Pictures, Walt Disney Entertainment, Warner Brothers, CBS Home Entertainment, and many more. And the best part about Mill Creek is how easy they are to find. Mill Creek has deals with thousands of big box stores, grocery stores, drug stores, and practically any other retailer you can imagine. Trust me when I say I've owned plenty throughout my time as a collector without even realizing it. They're a name I can trust. Some of my favorite releases include Can't Hardly Wait, Night of the Living Dead, House on Haunted Hill from their Vincent Price collection, the complete series of Quantum Leap, the complete series of The Secret World of Alex Mack. And of course, you're the hunter from the future. Head over to www.millcreekent.com That's millcreekent.com and see what their collection has to offer. I guarantee you'll find something great. we discusses movies. Be aware that it may discuss any of the following elements, endings, surprise twists, unexpected cameos, and all manner of spoilers. If this doesn't appeal to you, why listen to a movie podcast? Without further ado, please enjoy our feature presentation, The Shameless Picture Show.
0: little bit of um news i guess notes eh, more so notes uh this episode will be it's while it's being live streamed now it will eventually be available for you all to download in an audio version later on so um for those of you listening at home who are not watching the the video version some of this hope i'm going to try to make this make as much sense as humanly possible um but honestly this was a video first so you're just gonna have to deal with that um but uh, hello and welcome to a what? Ah, Nick just said he'll do another video too. Sorry, I won't even do my Hello and welcome to another quarantine episode of the Shameless Picture Show. I am Michael Virus, and I'm alone today. But I have all of you listening, in thus far it's just Nick. Um, but I, I feel some people will will hopefully jump on. In time, I in terms of time of the day when to do this, I just arbitrarily chose noon. I don't know if that is the best time during the day to be doing live streams. Maybe it'd be better live at, later at night, maybe a couple hours from now. I don't know. I'm just, I'm it's, I'm making shit up. Um, I got my Brady Bunch mug that my co-host Nick got for me, and I try to use it whenever I'm going live anywhere because he knows I'm a huge fan of the Brady Bunch, and uh, I love this mug. I got some coffee. So hopefully all of you guys have been doing pretty pretty well during these very weird times. Um, I don't like saying that. It sounds fucking weird. Uh, I feel like I've said trying times and uncertain times and various f- versions of that so many times recently and I don't, I just, it's not anything I ever had to say before. Um, it's scary, man. People are out of work. I'm out of work. I don't know where my next paycheck coming from. Um, and it's weird, because there's also people out there who are fighting to have the states reopened, and I get why they want that, I I think we all do, but I don't want to risk safety for convenience, like, I'll, yeah, I want to get a haircut, but I don't want a haircut that bad, you know, I want to be able to go back to work, definitely, but if my job's not making money because people we, uh, right now, then there's a reason I'm not go, I'm not at work right now. Uh, I want things to go back to normal as much as anyone. I've got a I had a trip to Disney World planned in the end of September that I'm pretty confident will not happen, and that sucks. But at the same time. You know, I, I want this if, if if we're gonna be stuck in a quarantine and we're gonna have a fucking global pandemic, I wanna do it right the first time and I don't wanna I don't wanna see the sequel. I want this if this is a movie, I want the movie to fucking play its course and do everything it's gotta do, and then, you know, hopefully we won't have to do this again. You know, I don't wanna start rushing things open and then have round two later on. Um and it's weird. The United States are struggling so much with this. Other And granted, other countries could have been having issues staying at home and everything. We just aren't hearing about it. But I just feel like, why are we struggling so much, people? But, anyways, you know, I'm just here to talk. Here to talk. Yeah, I guess if, uh, since no one else has quite joined the chat yet, uh, I'll just get to the movies. So, um, I guess I'll, I'll talk about these in order that I've watched them. So, over the last month, I've been doing i've been obviously watching a lot more stuff than i normally do and i watch a lot of stuff anyways but it's been my goal that if i'm gonna be at home i at least want my my watch list from the good folks over at vinegar syndrome and milk creek and arrow and all that i want to i want to get that watch list down a lot more because back when i was working full-time i only had so many hours in the day i couldn't get to everything but now that i am home more often, maybe I can get through everything. So the first one is a movie. Sorry, I got to talk into the microphone, which there is a microphone here, just so you guys are aware. I don't know why it matters, but um, talk into the microphone. Um, First one is from good friends over at uh, Vinegar Syndrome. Um, this is part of their Vinegar Syndrome Archives collection, which was, is is films that never got... I believe their their whole like thingy is it's films that never got a true theatrical release and were home video only. And through this series, it, it's movies that you can get on their website, but it caters to brick-and-mortar stores. So they have a store called The Archive. And, pardon me, The Archive, they sell not only their titles, but physical media from everyone. And that's why they made this line is so that way it's stuff that you can go into a store and get. And it's not you know, they're not giving them to Amazon, they're not giving them to Diabolic DVD and all those other websites. It's brick and mortar only. So the first movie is a movie called Uh, where's a good place to put it? Hellriders. <laughs> it's all the reflection, it makes it difficult. Um So the back of the box says The Hellriders are the most vicious members of a Southern California biker gang, so extreme in their activities that they've been pushed out of their gang and are now on their own, roaming the countryside on the lookout for people to terrorize. After attacking a stranded woman who manages to escape to a nearby town, the Hellriders decide to pursue her, eventually ending up in the town as well and begin violently taking out anyone who has the misfortune of ending up in their bloodthirsty path. A spectacularly trashy and weird 80s biker film from the exploitation dream team of James Byron, who directed Don't Go in the Woods and Executioner Part 2, which I've not seen either of. And Renee Harmon, who uh, from Frozen Scream and Escape from the Insane Asylum. Hellriders is loaded to the gills with jaw-dropping, head-scratching, and mind-numbing thrills, featuring Adam West and Tina Louise, and co-produced by exploitation legend Lee Frost, who uh, who directed a film called A Climax of Blue Power, which is a roughie that Vinegar Syndrome released. Uh, Vinegar Syndrome Archive proudly presents the world disc debut of Hellriders, newly restored from its original 35mm camera negative. On top of that, it also comes with a poster. I didn't love the movie, but I want to hang up the poster. I'm burying the lead. So, Hellriders. Um... I was a little thrilled at first when it was a biker film in the 80s because at that point, the, the biker film sh- subgenre had become a bit pastiche. You know, Roger Corman made a bunch of them in the 60s and they were popular in the 70s, obviously, with uh, Easy Rider and such, but... um Yeah, Tina Louise, that award-winning actress. Thank you, Ron Perti. And I do have a funny story about her in just a minute. Um, So Hellriders, as it says, is about this, this woman who's being terrorized by this group of bikers. And that's kind of the plot. That's pretty much it. Tina Louise, who plays uh, the woman, and they don't say it on the back of the box, but she is a prostitute with a heart of gold. Um, Apparently, that was one of the things that Tina Louise brought to the character. She's like, if I'm going to play this kind of seedy character, she needs to be a person of moral caliber. Um, And she goes to this town to get her car fixed. And then it's almost, it's very like, uh, one reviewer said like a a Robert Altman... (laughs) film where there's so many side characters and they all have their own shit going on. Like when you get to the town, you're introduced to the sheriff and the fact that he's getting ready for his daughter's wedding and his daughter or, um, sorry, her, and the husband-to-be has got like a love triangle between a waitress and the daughter. It's just this whole fucking thing. Um, and obviously Adam West is in the film, but she's getting her car fixed. The bikers come to town. They start terrorizing the town. What oh, was a fly. Um, and... Adam West fights them off. Adam West is the town doctor, Dr. Dave. Um, uh, she is a good person, and that's the biggest thing that they wanted to strive for with Tina Lewis's character. Um, the film was okay. Um, it had a really groovy theme song, which played its course there's like three themes in the movie and uh the weed theme which is fucking awesome and i was dancing to right before i i came on um is great but gets kind of old after a while because the film's kind of rapey it's kind of vile and it's not as fun as a biker film should be it's idiosyncratic and weird um and i can see why people like it but it just um yeah, it wasn't for me. Adam West is great. T- uh, Tina Louise is great. Like they are really not. Um, you know, oh, sorry, I should re- rephrase that. They are really bringing their A game, and they're not treating the the material like they're like it's less than them.
1: Oh my gosh, it's them.
0: The bikers.
1: It's the Hell Riders.
0: They're not crazy enough to try something here in town.
1: Yes, they are. It's okay. The bikers are off the street now. I think you better go see about your car. All right. Thanks for everything, Doctor. Maybe we'll meet again sometime when I'm feeling a little better. I'd like that, Claire. Me too. Come on, let's go.
0: You go take care of your car. I'll give the sheriff some moral support. Oh, yeah. That dude could use some real moral support. I'll see you. But the funky score and Adam West doesn't really do the film any favors. And um, there was a really fucking rad shootout at the end of the film that almost raised its score a little bit higher, but didn't quite do it. Uh, but Ron, as I promised, I do have a funny story about Tina Louise. Um, she, so according to the director on the, on the disc, he, she was not easy to deal with. Um, so both Tina Louise and Adam West... Had a day on set, so twelve a twelve hour day. Pardon me, except coffee for the working man. Oh, Brady Bunch, um, but so they both had a day on set, and Tina Louise apparently, if she worked even a minute beyond that twelve hour day, she'd get paid for a whole second day. So she was kind of hoping for that. And the director says that she was intentionally being kind of difficult to prolong set. She even brought her own alarm clock from home. So that way she would know if time went over. And the director said, well, I needed her to fucking relax. So I started playing like I started just pretending to be very inept at my job. So that way, she'd she'd relax and be like, oh, we're obviously going to go over, and I'm obviously going to get paid extra, so now I don't have to worry. So he was pretending to be, like, fucking bad at his job while still getting everything they needed. But he was also planning for the future. He had both Adam West and Tina Louise wear dumb hats. Um, So that way, and he shot most of their stuff in close-up, so that way, if they need to use body doubles, it's, very, it's a lot easier to hide who they were. Um. And apparently, they, not only did they finish ahead of schedule for the day that Tina Louise is on set, uh, I think it was only like five to ten minutes before they had to wrap. But then Tina Louise freaked the fuck out and was bl- saying people fudged with her alarm clock or whatever. So apparently, Tina Louise was not very well. was not very easy to work with. But everyone's pretty. She she really brought a performance. She tried. She really came in wanting to do something with this character and and developed a whole character in twelve hours. So like kudos to Tina louise and adam west is never bad even when adam west isn't trying adam west is never bad so i fucking love adam west uh so i'm i'm a little torn on this film i didn't love it but i it's got some charm to it um special features include from the box newly scanned and restored in 2k from its 35 millimeter original camera negative <coughs> pardon me uh, there's a uh, Straight to Hell, an interview with co-writer slash director James uh, Bryan, That's, which is where I got those fun Tina Luis and Adam West stories. Um, original storyboard excerpt gallery. Uh, and it's, this, this disc is only limited to 3,000 copies. So if this does sound interesting to you, which if you're a fan of sleazy exploitation biker films, get one of these before they're gone. It comes with a double-sided poster, reversible cover artwork, English subtitles, the film was made 1984. It's 85 minutes in color, One eight five one widescreen cinematography, and it sports a mono soundtrack, and actually a pretty decent mono soundtrack. It's really full. Uh, it, it it was really impressive. Uh, so before we move on to another vinegar syndrome title, let's break it up a little bit, and we're gonna go straight to something I got from Mill Creek. So as you all know, Heather's is one of my favorite fucking movies ever we did an episode of the show it was season one i don't remember i think it was on say episode six there's a cat just walked through the frame um that was uh that was our our cat rocket rocketansky raccoon my wife named her named her uh named after her two favorite characters rocket raccoon and max rocketansky um rocketansky raccoon we call her booger because she's just not um but anyways, Heather's is one of my favorite films. Our Heather's episode still performs very fucking well, um, and I think it's as close to a perfect film as I can think of. I'm sure there's better films and yada yeah, yada yeah, yada, yeah, but just for me personally, it's 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 a perfect film. It's also the film that taught me screenwriting, and I really respect Daniel Waters. And I don't just say that because he's commented on my stuff in the past. Mill Creek sent me a disc that I've never seen, and it's. It's the re-teaming of the duo of Daniel Waters, writer of Heathers, and Michael Lehman, director of Heathers, starring Bruce Willis. Oh yeah, catch the excitement, catch the adventure, catch the hawk, it's Hudson Hawk. Back of the box says, Bruce Willis, Danny Aiello, Andy McDowell, and Sandra Bernhard star in the funniest action-adventure comedy ever. Willis is Eddie the Hawk Hawkins. The world's most famous cat burglar, who, after 10 years in prison, is ready to go straight. But it's not going to be easy for the hawk. The mob and the CIA have conspired to blackmail Eddie and his partner into stealing three Da Vinci masterpieces from the most heavily guarded museums in the world. Sounds simple, right? Wrong! That was all in caps, so that's why I blew out the microphone. I had to to read it the way it was written. While trying to steal the goods... Hawk falls in love with a beautiful but schizophrenic nun and is relentlessly pursued by the greedy and powerful Minerva and Darwin Mayflower, who want the masterpieces as part of their twisted plot to ruin the world's economy. It's wall-to-wall action as the wisecracking Hawk attempts to save the world, win the girl, and have the last laugh. Oh, oh I hate when
1: Girl, can I ask you a
0: question? How do I look? Like a fraternity thing? <laughs> I just got out of jail yesterday. I didn't want to steal anything. I didn't want to go to Europe. All I wanted was a cappuccino. You still think you're the greatest cat burglar that ever lived? You are one hell of a thief. Hudson Hawk is an evil, evil man. I'm just some guy that's good at swiping stuff.
1: Eddie, we're hanging off a castle in the middle of Italy, and you're asking me how you look. Okay, okay, you don't gotta get angry about it. You look gorgeous. You look like a zoro. Well, I didn't know. Buongiorno. Yeah, buongiorno. Maybe
0: you could help me. I'm being blackmailed into robbing the Vatican by a psychotic American corporation and the CIA. Uh, I don't... uh... (laughs) You don't speak English?
1: You have very beautiful eyes for a man.
0: I got a bad feeling. I can't even swim. Hell, one will probably kill you. Oh, I was afraid you weren't going to drop by. Oh,
1: you want to know something, Eddie? What? You hit like a girl! Started the week by stealing the sports stuff and ended up swiping the codex. Yeah, but what are your plans for the weekend? Hosting away the Coliseum? Can't we just go back to the kissing part? Bye, bye, bye. <laughs> life doesn't get much better than this
0: Ooh. friend of mine mike vaughn he he reviews stuff for milk creek and vinegar Gym and a lot of the other companies that i do as well he we had both gotten hudson hawk and he had asked me he's like hey did you watch hudson hawk yet and i was like no uh, I, I plan to uh, should I get to it he's like it's it's weird I want to hear your thoughts on it and Mike was not lying this film is fucking weird but I weirdly really like that about it it's 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 hard to rate the film because it's so such a shock to me that at, on Letterboxd I want to say I gave it three stars which for my rating system is good it's, it's a good film it's not it's nothing spectacular but it's a good well made solid film And, but I feel like in time, this review could go higher because this film is so hard to talk about because it is such an anomaly. One, it honestly feels like it's an adaptation of a comic book. If someone were to tell me that there was a Hudson Hawk comic book, I would not be surprised because there's so much uniqueness and weirdness to the characters and how the fact that everyone kind of feels like a supervillain, it wouldn't be shocking at all uh Bruce Willis is fucking great in this film um he, Bruce Willis is a action you know celebrity I guess you know from Die Hard and Die Harder and Die Hard whatever I don't know all the fucking Die Hard movies I've I think I've maybe seen one um and you know he's, he's that cool dry wit and you know his stunning good looks and all that shit Bruce Willis is a fucking comedy mastermind. Comedy genius. He's got such fantastic comedic timing. Like, uh, Death Becomes Her is one of my favorite movies, and a big part of it is because Bruce Willis is not afraid to be kind of a dope in that movie. And Hudson Hawk is kind of perfect for him because he's very much playing a calm, cool calm, cool, collective character that he's been known for. But, fuck, he's having a good time. He's got goofy jokes. And... It, there's a podcast I like quite a bit called Writer's Blockbusters, and they talk a lot about screenwriting. Um, it's, it's a screenwriting podcast, and they talk about constantly something called the whiteboard. The whiteboard for screenwriters is your pushpin board. It's where you sit down. I, I have one of these myself, is where you sit down and you throw up all these Id- crazy ideas you have, like, oh, let's, what if we had a cat burglar? That doesn't use a watch, but instead times his heists to songs because he's he's he 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 can remember all these songs and knows the exact second of how long they are. That's a cool idea. Or what if we have these crazy supervillains who have these weird who have weird crazy sex with each other and we don't know if they're related or if they're married? Oh, let's put that up on the board. Uh, what if we have to steal? Da Vinci's gold, not Da Vinci's gold. Like they have to steal Da Vinci's artwork. Oh, that's crazy idea. That's what this film feels like, and uh, it's kind of great for that reason. And oh, let's let's throw James Coburn in here as a bad guy. Like, sure. Like, um, yeah, like it, it, that. That's exactly how this movie feels. It's definitely a a whiteboard movie, and I don't mean that in a bad way because it's it's fun for that reason. Um, and like I said Gib- uh, I almost said no Gibson uh Bruce Willis, wow, I'm just blanking today. Bruce Willis is great in this film, and him and Danny Aiello are super funny. um James Colburn is always great. It just there's something that feels like it was missing for me, and that's why I think a couple extra viewings will will really help, but if I think the writing is very good, like um. Daniel Waters takes kind of like the idiosyncratic way of writing that he took it, that he had in Heather's and really amps it up quite a bit. And it's great to hear people like Danny Aiello and Bruce Willis and James Coburn saying his lines. It's, it's, it, 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 it looks like it has a big fucking budget. Um, Honestly, if they would have made a whole series of Hudson Hawk movies, I would have went and seen them because this movie is crazy. And I'm surprised I hadn't seen it before this. This is a movie that if I would have seen as a kid, I would have fucking loved it. Um, So, yeah, Hudson Hawk, I've got mixed feelings on. I think it's the movie I like the most out of what I'm going to be talking about today. But... um, it's the weirdest it's definitely the weirdest movie and that's saying something because i'm gonna be talking about a lot of weird mo- well one uh, i've been talking about weird movies this entire time so hudson hawk i think i strongly recommend uh a friend of mine uh matt balls he also likes this movie because just bruce willis is great at comedy um so hudson hawk and for a uh, great transfer by mill creek it's a good looking blu-ray uh this is also part of their like their VHS collection where it makes it look like it's an old VHS tape that you would have gotten from like Bomb and Pop Video Store, Blockbuster, what have you. Um It's got I don't remember what the soundtrack is. I don't remember if it was a surround sound I think it was just stereo, but it's 1851 widescreen color cinematography. No special features. Uh, but I've kind of grown to understand that you know Mill Creek they are a, a budget brand and I don't mean that in a bad way because their discs always look good they don't usually have special features but um I would have loved a commentary I would have loved a commentary with Daniel Waters Michael Lehman anyone I know you're not going to get Bruce Willis in a commentary but if you could Hudson Hawk is the movie I want to hear Bruce Willis talk about Hudson Hawk Ooh, that was a little hot coming in hot so then we got one more title this one is also from my good friends over at vinegar syndrome and I, I talk about them a lot i'm gonna just lay it out there i talk about them a lot they're my fir- they were the sh- fir- show's first sponsor and i will always love and respect them for that um because without them um i wouldn't be in the the reviewing game right now and big part of them it, with with vinegar syndrome kind of uh, being cool and sending me stuff is a part of the reason why I got to I got a Milk Creeks radar. It's part of the reason I got on um the radars of Aero Video and other places. There are some other contributing factors, but you know, some friends who helped me out along that way. Um but it's because that I grew I had gained a reputation doing reviews for these companies that my friends and or people that became my friends put pretty much said, hey I'm gonna go on a whim and help you out with this um so i talk about vinegar syndrome a lot but i'm also not a blind follower of vinegar syndrome you know i haven't loved everything they put out like i didn't really like um hell riders and this next one i'm not huge on either but you know when i first met uh my contact there um he told me i told him it's like you know i uh i'll be i told him i'll be fair with my reviews and he's like that doesn't matter to me as long as you love cinema they're not looking for someone to kiss their ass. They're looking for someone to be honest. And I'll give them credit where credit's due. They, things they always do fantastic. They always have really great... Uh, not always, but they usually have pretty good audio quality. Really high quality audio. Even with something just simple like... It's a mono track or something. Because I've got a pretty good sound system. Not to toot my own horn. Um, but then their picture quality is always fantastic. And I always love... And this is a perfect example of the movie I'm going to be talking about here in just a second where they will, um, they always put, if not always, but they put disclaimers at the front of the film if there's something that's not right or they couldn't fix on the film. Um, so, for example, you know, I, as I say in the intro, whenever I... Never I, they, whenever they are a sponsor for an episode, there's no grain reduction or digital trickery. They will actually choose sometimes not to clean up an Im- image if it's going to add digital artifacting or if it's going to add grain, if it's going to add something that's going to affect the image. So I always give them a lot of credit for that. So the film I'm going to be talking about today is a exploitation film, Deadline. Back of the box says... Stephen Lessey, played by Stephen Young from Soylent Green and Patton, makes his living as a horror writer who has learned that the bloodier story sorry, who has learned that the bloodier the story, the bigger the market. But Stephen has also hit a personal crisis wherein he yearns for artistic recognition and an escape from the brutality he conjures up to earn a living all the while his horrifying and mysterious murderous fantasies begin to blend into his day-to-day life, numbing him. To his crumbling marriage until a shocking tragedy occurs from which he has no escape one of the true hidden gems of canadian horror cinema mario azopardi's deadline is unflinchingly grim twisted and cynically comedic study of a man's slow descent into madness punctuated by expertly rendered and creatively staged gory depths depths i meant to say deaths featuring elegant and colorful cinematography by manfred guth or, uh, Guthy. sorry. I don't know how to pronounce that. Manfred Guthy? G-U-T-H-E? Guthy? Anyways, he shot The Pit, which was shot in Wisconsin, and I've still not seen it. Fuck. It's hard to find. Tightly paced editing, and even a surprise musical sequence featuring acclaimed new wave band, Rough Trade, which is fucking phenomenal. Vinegar Syndrome proudly brings his gruesome masterpiece to blu-ray for the first time newly restored from 35 millimeter vault elements
1: his obsession was to create the ultimate horror story deadline his curse was to live it deadline a film so frightening it will totally devastate you deadline do not watch it alone
0: so deadline sorry i'm getting people are just blowing up my phone right now um <laughs> deadline is um as they said a canadian horror film directed by mario as a mario as a party uh his name makes me laugh because it's almost ass party i got a child of sense of humor deadline i liked better than hell riders but i still didn't love because it's fascinating so it's well shot music is i think really beautiful and the performances are all really good um and as I said, it's, it's about the, a man's slow descent into madness. So Stephen Lessey, who's the, the lead character, he, former professor, who wrote a book called The Executioners, which is about young kids ex- executing people. And it was a huge fucking hit. They made a movie, and it was a very controversial movie. And he's had a career ever since. And now he's kind of gotten into the habit of writing books and writing the scripts based on his books. And he's become a huge fucking success. And he's gone back to his old uh, college to discuss the um, discuss his work, and they gave him a Lifetime Achievement Award. And he's met with a lot of people being like, hey, you glorify violence, you glorify murder. Um, what do you have to say? Who are you? You know, you're just some fucking schmuck who... Who can who writes gory shit and makes a lot of money off of it, and he feels personally attacked because he doesn't he he he's not really had a chance to write something he's passionate about. He's been pigeon toed, pigeon toed, pigeon tailed. I don't know. He's been stuck in this fucking genre that he really liked at one point. At least you get the feeling that he liked it. It was it was his first big success, but that's only jobs he can ever get now. So he's you know constantly trying to. His agent and producer, who's constantly writing him for pages, he he can't seem to get anything written that he's proud of. Um, and his, uh, the producer's just like, I'll take fucking anything, as long as it's bloody and salacious. Um, and constantly throughout the day, he's... he's tuning in and out of what's going on instead to imagine these gruesome deaths. Like one of the first ones in the movie, which is pretty shocking and pretty well done is a a woman taking a shower and she actually drowned. I think she slips and falls and, and drowns because the shower starts spewing blood out at her. Another one, uh, these nuns are attacking, um, a priest. Another crazy one is, um, Some young kids tie their grandmother to a bed and set her on fire. Even crazier one is that band Rough Trade. They play Nazis in this movie and they use a machine that when they play certain frequencies and they play their songs, it makes people blow up from the inside. These these scenes are very interesting and and a lot of the gore is really well done, but I think it actually undercuts the story that they're trying to tell. Um... I that's my personal opinion is um, I think I think those gore scenes a big part of the reason why the film has got the recognition it does but when it tries to they feel very jarring and they feel they don't feel very true to the story they're trying to tell because they almost they're almost ham fistedly inserted to the point where it feels like almost like that wasn't the original intention I've not been able to find out if they are um, it almost feels like it was added after the fact because there's no rhyme or reason. There's no flow to any of it. Um, and I find myself really far more interested in the story of Steven and his his wife who's kind of become a drug addict and cheating on him and him trying to get this this this, this new script done. I really liked the first half of the film and I wouldn't have minded these flights of fantasy if they led to something um they kind of do they kind of lead to like his descent into madness I just it, I don't I don't feel like it's um It's done as well as I was hoping for. I know some people really love this film, Deadline, uh, on the Vinegar Syndrome Collector's page. It's a popular, popular title, and I don't blame them because it is very well done. It's well acted, great music, great cinematography. Um, It just wasn't really quite the movie I was looking for. um, It's kind of hard to say. I I try not to do that. I try not to go in with expectations of what I'm hoping for because then it always will kind of pepper my opinion on the film. Um, but I did, I did like it. I thought the film was just kind of okay. Um, it had some saving graces. Um, I just thought it was a little slow, and um, these these intercuts to all this violence, while really cool, I don't think really served the story at all. If I would have gotten something a little more in line with, say, Taxi Driver or Maniac about a man's descent into madness. I think that I would have bit really. I think if it would have just been straight that story, I think I would have appreciated the film even more. Um, because uh, it's a drama with gore scenes. That's kind of how it plays out. Um, and actually, there is a really uh, disturbing moment in the middle of the film um, that disrupts his life and his family that I think is kind of undercut because of its comparison compared to everything else we've seen in the movie it's not nearly as crazy so it almost feels like womp, womp. it's still shocking but i don't know i don't want to spoil it for people who who want to see uh, deadline so so those are the three those are the three titles i wanted to talk about sorry about that guys those are the three titles i wanted to talk about um I'm not going to go super in-depth with them, but I did see some fun stuff on on Shudder. I recommend every, everyone go see Chelsea Stardust's new film, Satanic Panic, on Shudder. That I really enjoyed. That was a fun film. It was crazy. Great gore effects. Funny. Um, the Invisible Man, Lee wan L's film, I think I talked about it last time, I thought was phenomenal. Um, and I revisited Robin Hood Men in Tights, a film I loved as a kid. And I still re- I still like it. I still like it, but, uh, it is not aged very well. Um, when I think sometimes the film thinks it's funnier than it is, but so that's, that's been my quarantine update Did a half hour of uh, new content for you guys. I appreciate y'all listening. Um, I do have more stuff to review on check my store, check the Facebook stories. I will be posting, um, options of what I want to review next and you guys can vote so uh and if people are listening to this after the fact steven i will get to um um swiss army man just haven't gotten to it yet uh and chad if you're listening again i will we will eventually get to john wick it's just you know i need to be a little conservative my money but uh thanks for listening guys and thanks for watching and uh i'll see you soon bye oh actually as our our sign off goes if you're not down with that i got two words for you watch movies
1: the shameless picture show is recorded in milwaukee wisconsin and eastern maryland is hosted and produced by nick richards and michael Viers, and is more often than not edited by michael vires any tv or youtube versions of the show to date have been edited by nick richards tyler Hanna, or dina villani our opening theme music was written especially for us by the directionals with narration from zach mclean The end credit music you're enjoying at the moment was generously provided by my friends in the band 10 Speed, and our new Kick-Ass logo was designed by Amanda Byers. A special thank you to all of our Patreon supporters and to our generous sponsors at Mill Creek Entertainment and Vinegar Syndrome. We are on Spotify, Stitcher Radio, iTunes, Google Play, and Libsyn. You can find links to all these tremendous folks, as well as the show, in the description below. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe.